Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. Reading from the New International Version of the Bible, Matthew chapter 10. Jesus called his twelve disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. These are the names of the twelve apostles. First, Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother Andrew, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew the tax collector, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, Simon the zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go, rather, to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy. Drive out demons. Freely you've received, freely give. Do not get any gold or silver or copper to take with you in your belts. No bag for the journey or extra shirt or sandals or a staff, for the worker is worth his keep. Whatever town or village you enter, search there for some worthy person and stay at their house until you leave. As you enter the home, give it your greeting. If the home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. If it is not deserving, let your peace return to you. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, leave that home or town and shake the dust off your feet. Truly, I tell you, it will be more bearable for Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that town. I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Be on your guard. You will be handed over to the local councils and be flogged in the synagogues. On my account, you will be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. But when they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you will be given what to say. For it will not be you speaking, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Brother will betray brother to death, and a father his child. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. You will be hated by everyone because of me. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. When you are persecuted in one place, flee to another. Truly I tell you, you will not finish going through the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. The student is not above the teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for students to be like their teachers and servants like their masters. If the head of the house has been called Beelzebub, how much more the members of his household? So do not be afraid of them, for there is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed, or hidden that will not be made known. What I tell you in the dark, speak in the daylight. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim from the roofs. Do not be afraid of those who killed the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside of your father's care, and even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You're worth much more than many sparrows. Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my father in heaven. 
But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. Anyone who welcomes you welcomes me, and anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward, and whoever welcomes a righteous person as a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple, truly I tell you, that person will certainly not lose their reward. In verse 1, Jesus calls his twelve disciples. It says, Jesus called his twelve disciples to him, and he gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. Now, these twelve disciples came to Jesus as followers, as seekers, if you will, And Jesus conveyed on them a measure of his authority. He gave them the authority to drive out demons and to heal every sickness and disease. This is even before the cross. Jesus was able to imbue his disciples with power for uh, the driving out demons and for the healing of diseases and sicknesses. And so verse 7, he gives them a commission. Go, and as you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead. Cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. And so the commission, the Great Commission, is repeated later on in Matthew in chapter 28, but this is a partial version of the Great Commission. It says, You preach the kingdom of heaven has come near. And so with the coming of the Messiah, heaven stooped down to earth. The God man, Jesus Christ, was born into the earth realm to make heaven accessible to mankind. So the kingdom of heaven had come near in the person of Jesus Christ. And as a sign of the kingdom coming, he gave them power and authority to heal the sick and raise the dead and drive out demons. And he told them, you don't do this for money. You've received this freely from the living God. It's a free gift. So you give it freely. You give salvation, the keys to the kingdom, the entrance into the kingdom for free. You pray for the sick for free. You raise the dead for free. You cast out demons for free. There's no charge. Verse 28 says, Do not be afraid of those who killed the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Now, what's he talking about here, friends? He's saying, don't be afraid of other people who would oppose you. Don't be afraid of even the devil. But you should have the fear of the Lord on you. He's the one, the Lord God is the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. The Lord is the only one we should fear. As believers, we don't have to fear other people. As believers, we don't have to fear the devil. But the Bible does say that we should fear God. And so the fear of of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We should have a healthy fear of the Lord who is able to destroy and condemn us to hell. And so um, uh, a measure of the fear of the Lord brings a a measure of sober living, living with a purpose, 
living with the concept that we will stand before the Lord in eternity, and we want to live in a way that makes sense in the light of eternity. Verse 32, Jesus gives this admonition, whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. And so Jesus is saying it's very important that we acknowledge that we're followers of his. We need to recognize that Jesus is counting on us to share the gospel with others and share our trust in him with others. And he goes on to say that inasmuch as we are not ashamed of him here in this life, he'll not be ashamed of us in the life that is to come. And so he says that if we disown him here in this life, he'll disown us before his Father in heaven. Verse 37, anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. And so this idea of the fact that the Lord's relationship with us is the most important relationship in our lives is conveyed through this passage. The relationship between God and us is closer than our father and mother to us. The relationship of God and us is closer than husband and wife. The relationship of the Lord to us is closer than our sons and daughters. When my children were little, I had to explain to them that I love them, but I love God more. I had to explain to them that I love my wife, but I love God more. And that's the way it should be. And anyone who loves their father or mother or children or spouse more than they love God have things out of order. He goes on to say, whoever doesn't take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Now, what's this cross business about? This means that the, the cross, whatever the cross is, the place of God's will and man's will intersect at the cross. And man's will must submit to the will of God. That's the cross. And so at the place of exchange, divine exchange, we decide whether to go our way or the Lord's way. It can happen once a day or many times a day. It happens much more than once in a lifetime. This is not just choosing Jesus as your Messiah. This is choosing to follow the Lord at every uh, juncture where His will intersects our will, and His will may indicate something that's not what you would go in your natural state, where you would go. And so the Lord is saying, follow Him. And if you refuse to follow Him where He wants to go, you're not worthy of Him. Then he speaks of the principle that I call the upside-down kingdom. He says, whoever finds their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. Why do I call that the upside-down kingdom? Because from a human perspective, you want to preserve your life as long as possible. You want your life to be pleasant and happy and just nice. But from a godly perspective, you want your life lived for the sake of Christ. And so if you give up your life for the cause of Christ, you find it from an eternal perspective. If you retain ownership to your own life, ultimately you'll lose it from an eternal perspective. So I want to ask you today. Do you publicly acknowledge Jesus in your life? Are you following him? Are you walking in a way that's worthy of his dying for you? The great evangelist Leonard Ravenhill had put on his tombstone after he died, is the life that you're living worth Christ dying for? It's a valid question, friends. So today I want to pray into that. Lord, I pray that we would publicly acknowledge you in our lives. I pray that we would publicly acknowledge Jesus in our workplace, in our homes, 
wherever we go, Lord, that we would acknowledge you, not in a, a rude way or an improper way, but in a genuine, sincere way, acknowledging that you are our Lord, you're our Savior, and you're our God. And Lord, may we give up our lives, the ownership of our lives, to your Lordship today and every day. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.